Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You guys, welcome to another Pop Culture Kiki episode of Beyond the Blinds. It is me, Troy McEady. And Kelly Williams. And there's really nothing to talk about this week. It sucks. There's no big headlines. No celebrities are doing anything. Nobody's being canceled. It's a very chill week. Just kidding. We didn't open the portal to hell again. No, literally. Okay. (laughs) Listen, we always joke about like being witches or whatever, right? And like... I think that obviously you and I have both come to realize that we do have the power of manifestation Mm -hmm. at our fingertips. It does exist. But this was a different level. Like I even texted you like, are we witches? This was the first time where I actually paused and was like, was Cassie, did she listen to the episode or was someone at the show that knew her? And usually I don't think that, right? Like I, I'm just kind of like, you know, things that are, gonna be unearthed and anyway will eventually come to light but yeah. this one we said during our new york show because there was a blind item and just so you guys know we do have a diddy episode on patreon for obvious reasons um but there's a blind item that says cassie never took the money and i believe during the live show troy and i were both like it's time for cassie to talk if she didn't take the money she can talk yeah and it's crazy because this was like this was like my number one Diddy was my number one prediction going into 2024 that he would either be canceled right before the end of the year or like going into the new year, we would cancel Diddy. And I, I, I'm like, I actually am like speechless at this one. And the way that it blew up too is like crazy. And I have to give you credit. You've been talking about how terrible this man is for like six years I know, and I never thought it would happen. I just always thought he was too powerful. And I guess maybe that's why it hadn't, you know, it didn't happen for so long. Um, But I will say, you and I both always maintained that, like, Diddy or Cassie would be the one to do this. Because there's, like, not really many other people that could do it the way Cassie could, just because she was privy to so much information. She was there for so many years. And the kind of like lower tier people that were around have talked about it and nobody cares what they say, even though they're very honest and like sharing these crazy traumatic stories, nobody cares or they say that they're crazy. So what were your like, and guys, we'll talk about everything that Cassie said in just a minute, but what were your initial thoughts when you, I know your phone was broken. So when you got your phone back, it must've been like a million text messages. Yeah, it was a million texts. I had a million DMs of people being like, oh my God, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. But my first thought was like, I just couldn't believe that it worked out so perfectly for Cassie. Because mm-hmm. like, as we know, Diddy's really powerful. He's really scary. And he has a way of making sure no matter what, like these things don't blow up really. And I was just so proud of her for doing it the way she did it because, you know, she could have like done some stupid interview or something and had all of her words be edited or she could have like written a book or whatever, but she chose to just like 
let the courts handle it. And like, obviously she went into that knowing that the public would be privy to all of that court stuff. So she like killed it. Like she really fucking killed it. I was just so proud of her. Yeah, me too. My first thought was, is Cassie safe? But then I read some of our comments on Instagram and I don't remember who commented it, but it made so much sense to me that like, she did this to be safe because now the public knows Mm -hmm. and whatever could have maybe happened to her. Like if anything happens to Cassie from this point on, everyone's going to know Diddy did it. Exactly. No more cars blowing up. Can we talk about that? I mean, there's so much to talk about with it, but if you guys didn't read the New York times article or hadn't seen it on TikTok, apparently Cassie was dating kid Cuddy for a while. And Diddy said something to the effect of, I'll kill Kid Cuddy. I'll blow him up, blow up his car. And then a few weeks later, somehow Kid Cuddy's car exploded in his driveway. And Kid Cuddy said, no, that really happened. And the thing that people I don't think understand about him is that he really is like fucking Tony Soprano. Like he really is like, he runs his empire like it's the mob. Mm -hmm. Always has. He's always been like inspired by like mob culture and stuff like that and not just the aesthetic which I think people maybe thought that that's what it was was just the aesthetic but it's not like he really thinks that he's a fucking mob boss and I don't know it's just like he's like allegedly been involved in so many deaths Mm -hmm. like this is real shit you know For sure. And those who aren't familiar, just so you know, trigger warning for what we're going to be talking about. But Cassie alleged that Diddy basically drugged her out and pimped her out throughout the whole world. She had to go to Dubai for a month or two to heal from wounds that were allegedly given to her by Diddy. Um, And she was also forced to have sex with men and Diddy would film it or watch it or be involved somehow. It's honestly exactly what Blind Item said. It's identical. Mm -hmm. She also said that she would like, you know, delete the videos of her like having sex with people against her will. And he would be like, oh, I have a bunch. You can delete away. It doesn't matter. One of the craziest, obviously the whole article was insane, but there was a part where he actually had control of her medical records and she went in for a CTE scan and there were, I won't say holes in her brain, but there was spots that had significant PTSD and traumatic spots. Mm -hmm. And it was either from drugs or from being beat. And they were sending her medical records to Diddy instead of her. Yeah. So it's like, there's also that, the fact that, you know, Diddy's super wealthy, super connected and he's not just connected in like an entertainment way. Like he's connected with the police. He's connected with the doctors. Obviously if he's been allegedly killing people for the past however many years, he has like a connection to the medical field. Like he's connected everywhere that you, you would think. And it's like really scary. And I've also seen discourse of people saying they wish Cassie brought it to trial and didn't take the money, but I don't blame her. Mm-mm. not at all I, I honestly I, I we even had a few comments on our Instagram of people saying stuff like that and our our followers got them together <laughs> I just I can't imagine her going to have and it's a civil case too so it's way different than a criminal case but her having to go up there and then how many people would comment well why'd she stay then as if leaving that kind of abuse is an easy thing to do yeah like as if she wanted to continue being trafficked and beaten up and you know held against her will and not able to release music and like you know it's just so ignorant like at this point if you if you have those thoughts if that's how you feel about this like you're an idiot I don't know what to tell you like I I I can't even believe people would go go there after reading what she said like why'd she stay why the fuck do you think she'd stay if cassie stays like look at it this way if some woman in middle america stays with some guy that has nothing 
because it's so hard and scary to leave. What do you think somebody like Cassie would do who's dating Tony fucking Montana? Hello? It's just like, oh, I hate that take. I And I knew that that was going to happen. And that, there's so many, there's like so much nuance that people aren't seeing. Like, I follow a few lawyers on TikTok that were like, I've never seen a case this big be settled so fast. Like, it's not about what isn't happening. It's about what is happening, like how weird that is. And like, that makes him look really, really, really guilty. She didn't need to like do this the traditional way, you know? And she got her payout, probably generational wealth and also Mm -hmm. got safety because all eyes are on Diddy right now, even though he paid out and people are like, you know, innocent until proven guilty, not with Diddy. Mm -mm. Not at all. Not with him. And like I said, she got to tell her story. She got to tell it in a way that is like about as a, you know, above the book as you possibly can. Like we're reading this through court documents, not through a tell-all book, not through the National Enquirer, not through People Magazine. This is from the court system. And on top of it, like you said, she got a lot of fucking money. She, I mean, it's like, who who could have planned this any better? I don't think that it could have gone any better for her. Have you seen the articles that TMZ has been releasing about Diddy? Uh, of him keeled over and having stomach pains in his yard. Him looking so sad. <laughs> in the one picture, he literally looked like he was like physically sick. It's so funny. I need to read you guys this excerpt from the TMZ article. Eventually, he got up and went back inside. But yeah, he certainly appears solemn. Makes sense considering everything that's been going on over the past 72 hours or so. Namely, him being accused of horrendous things by his ex in court, all of which he denied. Just as quickly as she filed, they both reached a settlement. Fuck you, TMZ. Fucking leave it to TMZ to have the worst fucking take. (laughs) Sorry, Diddy, you can't TMZ your way out of this one. No. Did you see the video that they made him post on Twitter? I haven't, no. Oh my God. He posted this video on Twitter that they obviously told him to post where he's like, he's like singing and like mocking the situation. And he's like, everything is going to be okay. And he's like singing through his house. And, but then it's just funny because like in comparison to the, TMZ pictures it's like no we know what's really going on in your house right now right of course they use fucking Twitter I know (laughs) um I also just want to give a shout out to Omshi Ashanti 2233 on TikTok it's spelled O-M-S-H-A-N-T-I 2233 on TikTok because she has been just like so incredible with all of this stuff coming out and her deep dives and she's talking about all the stuff that like you know in the black community we've been talking about for like 20 something years and it's just crazy to see it explode I saw I want to say it was the New York Post maybe said that this is um the hip-hop Weinstein Ooh, and I'm like yeah it's true Cause there's so many stories and so much shit that people know and are aware of, but like, haven't really maybe been afraid to even talk about, you know? Um, so I just really quickly wanted to kind of go through some of the, the recent rediscoverings that people have had. Cause I've seen some really interesting ones on TikTok. So one story that just came out like a day or so ago was this story of him hanging the rapper Wale over a balcony by his ankles because they were recording together in the studio and like anybody who knows anything about Diddy and Cassie like he was obsessively protective of her it was like Tommy Mottola Mariah Carey Mm -hmm. shit like having armed guards watching her um you know her having to report where she goes and where she all just all of it the worst you can think of so recording with her is like a real it was a real pain in the ass because you have to be having Diddy like watch you the whole time and he's like crazy so he I guess got upset that Wale was like getting intimate with her even though they it it sounds like they were just recording and he held him over a fucking balcony by his feet like and Wale is so talented and I'm like I wonder how much of him no longer 
being relevant has to do with Diddy. Of course, it makes you wonder, you know? A hundred percent. Because he was so talented. I mean, he had Lady Gaga on a song like one of his first big hits. Hello. (laughs) There's also a lot of people making comparisons now between him and R. Kelly, which is something that we've done for a very long time. And a lot of people are saying, well, how similar is his relationship to Cassie? How similar is it to R. Kelly and Aaliyah? And the answer is super fucking similar. He, I mean, I guess he got lucky that Cassie was like older. She was 19 when she Mm -hmm. first met him and not 14 like R. Kelly, but pretty much the same controlling what she looks like, controlling where she goes, who she speaks to. Um, controlling her career, controlling her look, controlling her sound. Did you see that he, she admitted that he had her cut her hair like Skrillex, like you said? Yeah. And the fact that she was like, well, I'll do anything, he says. Like, what the fuck? Um, The comparisons between, I mean, R. Kelly and Aaliyah are just like beyond um, but I really wanted to talk about the Kim Porter of it all for a minute because Kim Porter's death, if this hadn't happened, like it's just a real sore spot for a lot of people because it's so clearly it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The pneumonia thing. It's like, are we really just gonna let this girl have been like murdered and like nobody's gonna look into it? So a little background, he very famously was dating Kim Porter while he got in a relationship with Jennifer Lopez. And Jennifer Lopez knew that. And when he found out that Kim had moved on, he got really angry about it, even though he was still dating Jennifer Lopez and demanded that she end her relationship. And the guy that she was in a relationship with, ironically ended up in a fucking coma as lots of people do around Diddy. Um, And there's a really famous picture of Kim Porter at a white party that every black person knows about where Kim Porter has a broken nose. Her nose is clearly broken. She has that thing over your nose where you get a nose job, like it's broken. And, but she still went to the white party. And a lot of people have speculated that it's because of this relationship that he was like not okay with. And when Kim Porter passed away um he had posted all this like cryptic stuff on his instagram about her being killed which is like insane um also kimora lee simmons yes who was kim porter's best friend and she very famously was pretty open about the fact that she didn't believe the pneumonia thing she believed that kim was murdered um And ironically, so the coroner who was like working on Kim Porter's case also died randomly. And if you look at his like, I don't remember what they call it, like the report when somebody dies, like toxicology or something. I don't know. Um, The report of the coroner when the person passes away, he literally says in the report that he had discovered a toxin in her body that he wanted to be investigated. And then all of a sudden he dies. And they bring in some other person. Well, Diddy brought in another coroner to like weeks later, by the way. And the other coroner was like, yeah, pneumonia, that's it. Close the books and stamp it. Um, and it was also reported that Kim Porter was like trying to get in contact with her doctor, who she had a really close relationship with and never had a problem contacting him. Then all of a sudden she couldn't reach her own doctor and he wasn't returning her calls. And yeah, just so many things add up. Like there was also this, a story that Diddy, he very, he publicly was saying on like the radio that, and he went around saying this to like a bunch of different publications that Kim Porter sent their twins to his house because she they couldn't, you know, she was sick and she didn't want them to get whatever she had. And that she sent him a cryptic message that said, please take care of my babies. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out he, the kids were already scheduled to go to his house at that time. The twins themselves said, like, we weren't sent to his house because our mom was sick. We were already going to go anyway. And that text message thing didn't even happen. 
And her doctor also said after she passed away that he didn't know that she was trying to contact him. So obviously somebody was being paid to keep her from seeking her own help. I'd say one good thing about Diddy is he's fucking stupid. Yes, that. Like he loves to talk. He loves to lie and doesn't remember his lies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) it's so true. Like he, he plays like a much more intense game than he should be playing. He's lucky he's so fucking rich, really. Yeah, a hundred percent. I've also seen people starting to talk more about the Frosted Flakes incident, which we've talked about many a times, and yeah. how Bieber had to spend seventy-two hours alone with Diddy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys are almost there. You're so close. So close. You're so close. It's like if you could just come to terms with the fact that this man is not straight and that it's okay, mm-hmm. right there. And yeah, he. Fu- I'm sorry. Like, I know that we have to say everything is alleged, and that it is alleged, but like. He fucking did something to Justin Bieber. If you didn't see it when he had him in the club shirtless at like 18, again, mm-hmm. it's like one of those things that you'll never see it. Exactly. Because, yeah, that's so true because you're just like choosing not to. I have to say seeing D Woods support Cassie was such like a huge thing. I never thought I would. I mean, I expected, you know, Aubrey O'Day to mm-hmm. talk, but to see D Woods do it, I was like, holy shit i agree with that because he really had her under his thumb for like a very long time and it always seemed like she wanted to say more Mm -hmm. um and i know that aubrey has said like that she took on the role in their group as the one who would just say whatever that they did that they couldn't say and i would imagine she's probably thanked aubrey many times for like because aubrey has been saying this stuff too and everybody was ignoring her I know. I know. And she even said, like, just because Cassie settled doesn't mean shit. And she's like, maybe people will finally listen. Yeah. All glory to Aubrey O'Day. <laughs> and, and I really think people are listening because I've even seen on TikTok uh, people doing deep dives of Cassie's Instagram being like, she has this fat lip here. She has a black eye in this picture. You can see it under her sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So just like all the love and thoughts and prayers to Cassie and hopefully this makes her stay safe I agree and also I just I really want to like hammer down the fact that like she her career was stolen from her Mm -hmm. like not just like oh Diddy took her under his his wing or whatever and wouldn't let her release music like this girl started off on MySpace released a she had like a producer that was working with her and they I I believe that they may have been dating but like he was her friend he discovered her he helped produce is uh me and you he was the one that launched her and he got her to chart that song without any record label without any help from anybody with no money on myspace like what she was able to accomplish at 19 should be talked about more and it should be like that's her legacy but then Diddy met her and literally stole her from her producer and was like you're actually not ready to be a pop star you don't sing good enough you don't dance good enough you need to be restyled and he like kept her from doing more music and it's just like oh I hate that like I absolutely hate that so go stream Cassie yeah seriously go stream me and you now on a bit of a lighter note um there are two documentaries i need everybody to watch one is the twin flames documentary which i've talked about i watched the amazon prime one i just watched the netflix one and i if you guys didn't watch the prime one you have to i think it's done so much better than the um netflix version of twin flames and again it's a it's a cult that you join hoping to find your twin flame and they'll like encourage you to break restraining orders. They'll encourage you to break up relationships because that's your twin flame. And one's a runner and one's a chaser and you're the chaser. But what, (laughs) yeah. So what they also did is realize there are a lot more women in the group. So they would come to someone like me who isn't exactly like the most feminine I'd say, and be like, don't you feel like you should be a boy? And just start putting it in your head that there's a feminine and a masculine. And a lot of these people um, 
did transition or started to because this cult like told them they should. And there was one woman, her name was Anne. She's in both of the documentaries actually. And the leader, I forget what his name is. It doesn't even matter because he's a cult leader. That's a piece of shit. He starts just going, what's up, Dan? Dan the man? Don't you like the name Dan? And Anne would be like, I've never felt like a man before. And she was a lesbian. So, of course, I'm sure he's like, this one will do it. Right. And um, he just kept being like, what's up, Dan the man? And then would scream at her when she would correct him. Did you Do they pay? Is it like... Yeah, so like the starting classes are like two twenty each, mm-hmm. and eventually you're paying like two thousand a class. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched either the Netflix or Amazon, I suggest both because they're both crazy in different ways. And <laughs> I was gonna say, I always wonder, like, I don't know, like people say. Like, you can say, like, I'm not susceptible to cults and I'm not susceptible to brainwashing or whatever. But, like, I don't know if I'm not. I totally agree with you. Like, there are some cults that I've heard and I'm like, it doesn't seem as bad as others. Yeah. And, like, at the beginning, obviously, you're seeing all of the great stuff and, like, the fun stuff, you know? I feel like I could easily be taken into a cult. I really do think that sometimes. And sometimes I watch it and I'm like, I think I could be a cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole different issue. <laughs> it so, cut to you in your apartment walking around in like a long, a long dress, like a long cloak. <laughs> I dress Jolene and Gail up. <laughs> These are your higher powers. <laughs> That's crazy though. The other documentary, it's on HBO Max and it's called Love Has Won. And there's only one episode so far, so I don't really like know what's going to happen but basically all the members fled from i believe oklahoma to vermont and you find out it's because the leader of this cult the woman they mummified her and kept her in the house with her with them all living there children lived there as well and everyone fled to vermont and they're in hiding in vermont because they didn't want to be caught or in trouble having a dead body in the home Oh, that's very Ari Aster, very Midsommar, very uh, hereditary. (laughs) That's like fucking sick. And they call her mom and like uh, mother God is what they call her. Oh my God. So just two light fun things to watch if you're bored. Lord. God, I love colds though. Oh, I'm salivating. It's so interesting. So, of course, I have to give a Bravo update. I don't know what it is right now about Southern Charm, but it's just, like, really hitting for me. Um, I think maybe because it's, like, such a different kind of show for Bravo. Like, it's a diff- it's such a different vibe than, like, other Bravo shows. And at this moment, I'm seeing a lot of discourse on the internet of people coming around to my Craig... To my Craig, I'm I'm state I'm taking claim of Craig. Sorry, Paige. He's mine. He's always been my soft boy. <laughs> and now everybody's loving Craig. And it's because he's the lesser of all these evils in this fucking haunted ass town. Um, and I was actually talking about this the other day with Katie because she was saying, like, we were debating if like if these men were dropped in like another state, like say like Shep and mm-hmm. Austin were like in like Manhattan. I do not believe that women would be throwing themselves off of bridges for these men in in another place. I believe that they take advantage of the culture and this idea that a lot of women there think that they're going to marry who they sleep with. And they take advantage of these like, in quotes, good girls. These girls who have been told their whole lives because they're good, that they're good girls because they're like religious or whatever, or like, They've never had a wild hairstyle. So they're like a good girl or something. And it's sick. And like, we're really seeing like Shep and Austin are like really fucked up uh, individuals. Like they're just, they're sick fucks. And like, I don't know, it was also making me laugh. Like listening to people talk about like Shep's behavior at BravoCon. And like, you know, he's like almost 50. This show has been on for 10 years. It may have been kind of cute 10 years ago when Shep was like 
belligerent drunk on bourbon and yelling at women and shit. I I, I suppose. But now he's like a full ass 50 year old man. And like, he's an alcoholic. Like he's a drunk. I'm sorry, but Shep is like a, a really gross drunk. And I seriously feel like if his parents don't at some point cut him off from his trust fund, he's gonna like Murdoch somebody. If he hasn't already. Yeah, I kind of just started watching that show with Blair. And honestly, like I've told you how gross I feel with some of the comments they make. And yeah. also watching Austin eat is one of the most disgusting <laughs> television experiences I've ever had. Nobody has needed a neti pot more than Austin. He's full of phlegm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like, it's just really, especially when they showed, um, when they showed Shep's like mountain house, and how rural it is and how it's in the middle of nowhere and it's like in the mountains i was like they've murdered i'm sorry the rose family has murdered and they've buried and talked to the police and handled it like it's happened i'm sorry allegedly (laughs) um but just yeah that's all i I don't really have a lot to say i mean this past episode wasn't super crazy it's really fun watching uh craig who was like in such a good place in his life and like so like back in the day years prior to like what's going on now Craig was like he reminds me of me kind of because he was like the fuck up and he didn't fit in with like the culture there really and he like tried to be a lawyer because he thought like that's what you're supposed to do as like a man is get like a desk job and then he realized that he liked to sew pillows and they made fun of him for years and ridiculed him and his ex-girlfriend base I would say was um mentally abusive to him on screen I think that Naomi was abusive and now he's like wealthy and he's like doing really well and he's like killing it with these pillows and he's the voice of reason for all of these fucked up men I think you'll like this story because want to know what I thought Southern Charm was about before like Craig joined Summer House and I got to know him a little bit better mm-hmm. I thought he was Thomas Ravenel's son and it was about like family drama. So that is what I truly thought Southern Charm was about until like two or three years ago. (laughs) Thank God it's not. Oh my God. (laughs) And it was even more dark when like Thomas was on the show and like they would have dinner parties and stuff for the entire like 20 cast dinner party would just gang up on him and basically call him gay like without just saying it they're basically saying you're a homosexual you're the f slur i would say the full thing if we weren't recording uh you know and like now it's like they're all drunk psychopaths and he's like the one in a normal relationship it's just really funny but yeah that was my little uh my little rant about southern charm well i guess i can take a teen mom moment yes Unfortunately, Jace ran away again while living with Barbara. He was missing for two days. And the Ashley Reality Roundup has all the information about it. Basically, what they're suspecting is Jace got really stressed because Barbara and Janelle have a court hearing this week where Jace would have been living with Barbara full time again. And while Jace was missing, just so everyone knows, good old David and Janelle were posting all over social media saying things like, where's Waldo? And you can't run from everything. So David and Janelle are still pieces of shit humans. But what I didn't realize is Janelle still has control over Jace's like medical stuff. So she was not giving Jace his medicine still. Stop, I can't. Even though he was living, he has been living with Barbara, she's still in control of all the medical stuff. So I obviously people are gonna say like Jace is troubled and it's all Jay. I still don't think it's Jace. I really think it's Janelle withholding this medicine. That's mm-hmm. genuinely what I think. Now it looks like he's not gonna be living with Barbara at all because he ran away. Um, I don't think he'll go back with Dan- um David and Janelle. But I guess it's just like, unfortunately, something we have to wait and see what happens. So what would they put him in like foster care? That's what I'm 
curious, I'm not sure, or a different family member. I don't know. I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen to Jace. Is there any decent person in that fucking family? I do think Barbara is probably the best. And if Jace was on his medication, maybe in going to therapy again, maybe it would have been better. But I really, I don't know. Oh, that makes me so sad. And I just rewatched the episode where Janelle pulled the gun out on the uh, mm-hmm. road rage incident. And I'm like, Jace never had a fucking chance. You know, it's really sad because he's like right at the cusp of like where boys get mean and like mm-hmm. and like we're witnessing like the last few years of him being like a soft sweet young boy and like it's gonna turn fast and it's gonna be really intense like this is all going to catch up at some point he's not gonna just remain like this soft-spoken sweet boy you know what I mean it's it's sad right and this time he was missing a full 48 hours I wonder so- where he goes Janelle said a girlfriend's house, but like the girlfriend's family said no. Oh God, that's so sad. Her the medication thing makes me physically sick. For sure. And he's been on it for a long time. Yeah. And the fact that fucking Janelle and David are making TikToks and posting where's Waldo, like I wish they were ugh. the the thoughts I have about Janelle and David aren't safe to say on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I get it though. I understand. And they're still like in like she considers herself an influencer, which I fucking hate. Like, bitch, you do not have a job. And Jace also said, like in court, um, when he was there, what, a month ago about about a month ago, he said that people pick on him because his mom's on OnlyFans. Of course. I can't even imagine the stuff people say. Oh my God. Like I have a pretty mom and she didn't have an OnlyFans or anything and then people were still saying gross things about her right like yeah I get that (laughs) I can't even imagine the shit that people say to oh it makes me so sad I really just hope that I I don't know I don't know how it could possibly go well for him but I just like wish the best for him and we also have a kale update per use okay 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 um and someone did say they think that in the grand scheme of things, not a bad mom on, te- on teen mom, but the fact that there are men like in and out of her life, in and out of her kid's mm-hmm. life. So I do understand that for sure. Listen, so- no childhood is without trauma. <laughs> right. It gives us character and gives us a podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, but her third baby daddy, Chris, who has always been very outspoken to say the least on social media, went on a rant saying that Kale is an evil person and stays on her back meaning she's always pregnant and he went on to say that like she has so many kids and won't let him see their sons and she's being evil and he goes on this rant like every other month so not not a ton to pay attention to but the fact that he's like you stay on your back I was like oh you gotta you gotta put the slut thing in there somewhere always my god right like ever get a new insult like, don't worry about you getting another woman pregnant while she was pregnant with your kid. Like, let's not talk about that. Right. <laughs> but she's a slut and she's, let me guess, crazy. Yep. <laughs> she's a psycho. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Real Housewives of Miami because I haven't talked about it yet on the show. And I'm a big fan. And I know that Miami has had this, like, huge resurgence. Like, it came back. It was super successful. And now I would consider it like one of the top tier cities. And we just had this really weird episode where Larsa Pippen, who I'm not a fucking fan of Larsa Pippen. And I never have been. I don't even think she's that good of a reality star. Like, I just think she's treacherous and mean and like shallow and vapid. Like there's nothing interesting going on there. There's clearly nothing behind her eyes. I feel like you can hear her blink. Like she's, that's what she gives to me. And I just like, the way that she treats, so there's a character on this cast member on the show who has breast cancer and she just came out with having breast cancer and she only told like four or five people on the cast and she was like doing it in her own time. And Larsa, who is somebody who's like, she's so, her brain is so rotted by reality television and 
she's like one of those reality stars that doesn't get that there's like a line between the real and fake like to her it's all it's all up for grabs she chose to like use this woman's cancer diagnosis as like a storyline and she went around for the next like two days just telling everybody on camera that she had breast cancer and it was just really really very fucking difficult to watch like it made my blood boil and even when her name is Gertie and even when she tried to like sit down and tell her about like you know I've I've cancer I'm starting chemo she was like talking over her and like she was like okay but like why would you sit down and tell me that just randomly like she's like she said something like um she was like I feel weird reacting now because you just like randomly said that like how was I supposed to know as her friend's crying saying that she's gonna she thinks she could die and then she's like well how do you even know you have it like how do you know that you have cancer and she's like did somebody like tell you like how do you know like her response was like basically the worst thing that you could possibly say to somebody who's close to you that says they have cancer she's just fucking oh she's vile she also says by the way that she's like not had plastic surgery like she says that she <laughs> she says that her butt is natural even though it is she looks like like a legos person like it's like couldn't be more unnatural like it's so it's the definition of like diaper ass but aside from fucking larsa Miami is great. And if you guys aren't watching Miami, it's fun. It's like a fun escape. It's a fun getaway. Um, the cast is great. Like, it's just hitting. Miami just absolutely hits all the time. And um, yeah, fuck Larsa. So you've probably heard the word microdosing. If not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing to feel healthier and perform better. Let's talk about microdosing. You know that just right feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you're relaxed, focused, and a little energized, being in the zone? Well, microdosing can help you get into that zone easier and stay there longer. So I actually got these gummies yesterday, and you guys know that we love a little edible here. Now, it was middle of the day. I hadn't slept well, and I was like, I want to take a nap, but I don't want to take a full THC one knocked me completely out. So these edibles have just a little bit of THC, some CBD, and a little bit of something else. And it works great. I ended up taking an hour and a half nap. I felt so relaxed. Um, you can also use it for a mood boost. You can spice up sex and intimacy, falling asleep and staying asleep, which is what I used it for. It was great. You can use it for post-workout recovery and focus and creativity. So to learn more about microdosing, THC, go to microdose.com and use the code BLINDS to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com, code BLINDS. microdose.com, code BLINDS for 30% off. This week's episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. The holidays are coming up. Everybody knows that the holidays also bring a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of a, of a depression moment, or maybe even a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. It's just a weird time. And I feel like I get even more depressed by the thought that like, you're supposed to be so happy during the holidays and it feels a little forced sometimes. I've got a really screwed up family. I know lots of people have screwed up families. We don't even get together for the holidays anymore. So the depression is real. This time of year can just be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness and anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I really honestly don't know where I would be without therapy at this point in my life. I don't know. Uh, I don't actually want to think about where I would be without therapy. It's helped me a lot. And I know for me, the thing that really helps is being able to do it online. There's something about going into a therapist's office that turns me into like a show pony and I'm not myself. I'm not authentic. I'm like trying to get this person to like me. It's not real therapy and for me. So I just do way better with it being online and it's really helped me a lot. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash blinds today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash blinds. So I want to talk about big dumb Travis Kelsey. Okay. So I don't know if you saw that he had some tweets leak over the, um, or not leak, but people tried to unearth his old school tweets. And a Mm -hmm. few went viral. Like there was one about feeding a squirrel. There's one about nap time, Olive Garden, whole bunch of funny ones. The ones that didn't go viral. It's so interesting because I've never seen this before. I have never seen someone be fat phobic or homophobic in tweets, which he was. So, I mean, he tweeted things like, I just caught myself judging every person that walked past me, whether they were ugly, fat, funny looking, sexy, haha, I'm tripping. As a man, you've got something wrong with you if you're going for girls that weigh more than you. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. Like, there are just so many other tweets that weren't the silly big dumb tweet and i've never seen people be like well you know he's a football player and they're not as bad as most football players tweets that have been unearthed and also he's grown in the last 10 years i'm like i have never seen anyone this is the brainwashing stuff i was talking about i feel that especially considering i didn't like i didn't know who he was prior to any of this and like you would think that he was timothy chalamet the way people talk about how much they love him it's insane. And again, like, I know some people who have had tweets that were, you know, tweeted when they were 19 and they were not given room to grow. Yes, I know some of those people too. It's just, again, the brainwashing thing. It's so crazy. And then today, Wall Street Journal put out an article on Travis Kelsey. And basically the whole time he talks about Taylor Swift. And everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe he did this. I'm like, yeah, we're recording this on Monday night, guys. So If this is gossip after a Monday night, (laughs) you know, we'll talk about it next week. But I'm like, yeah, it's coming out on the Kelsey Bowl day. Like, obviously, this magazine has been planned for a while. And it's coming out the night it's Kelsey versus Kelsey on Monday night football. And what else is he going to fucking talk about right now? Right. The most he's the most famous person in the world right now because of Taylor. What is he not going to talk about her? Exactly. Exactly. So I just had to talk about Travis Kelsey again. I didn't expect him to be in our weekly rotation, but here we are. And (laughs) I can already hear people being like, you gotta give him room to grow. I'm like, what about everyone else you've canceled over tweets that are over a decade old? As a Taylor fan, I'm just waiting for this. (laughs) As a longtime fan of Taylor, I have thought. Um, I wanted to talk about this last week, but we ran out of time and I don't really even know where to begin. 
Krishan Rock is somebody that I've wanted to talk about on this show for a long time, but I don't really even know where to begin. For one thing, she's not like mainstream. She's not like a blind item person. Like there should be a name for a celebrity who is the opposite of a blind item celebrity where they put all their shit out there so much <laughs> that you can't make lines about them because they live as a blind item all the fucking time. Like there are no secrets with Krishan Rock, you know? We got to come up with a name for that. Um, but if some of you may not know who Krishan Rock is, just know that to your child, to your teenage child, Krishan Rock is probably the most famous person in the entire globe. And a couple days ago, Tamar Braxton, who I'm, if you know anything about me, you know that I fucking love Tamar Braxton. I am obsessed with her. I pray to the church of Tamar. Tamar invited Krishan Rock to a show that Tamar was doing. And I want to say it was like an anniversary show for Tamar's debut album. So it was like kind of a big deal to her fans. And Krishan, who only shows up to events fucking hammered and wasted out of her mind, like embarrassed Tamar. She got up on stage. It was like a little mama moment. A lot of people were saying that it was like a little mama 2.0. Like she got up on stage and was like posing with her and she was like poking at her backup singers and making them uncomfortable. And you could see them trying to swat her away. And she was screaming shit in the audience. Like while Tamar's fans were singing her songs, um, she like physically can't not be the center of attention and she'll like find any way possible to do it. By the way, I'm a Krishan fan. Like I watch baddies. Like I'm a fan of Krishan. Okay, I'm carrying baddie bucks as we talk. But with that being said, like you just don't fuck with Tamar for me. And it pissed me off so bad that she interrupted this like really special moment for Tamar's fans, like singing her biggest hit, acapella. You could hear in the background saying like, fuck you, like all this crazy shit. And she allegedly assaulted Tamar's um, backup singer, who was like also her friend. Um. Like, she beat him up. And, like, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Like, I just feel like Krishan can just do anything. And she can show up anywhere and say anything and do anything and fight whoever. And nobody holds her accountable because she's Krishan Rock. And, like, I love her. And I, her story is really sad. And I do have, like, empathy for her. But, like, it wouldn't hurt for somebody to be like, girl, can you sit the fuck down by chance? Like, can you shut the fuck up? It's a lot. So if you haven't seen this, look it up on TikTok. There's a lot of TikToks talking about it. Tamar has like gone on Instagram live and like given her piece about it. She released like a long statement about it. Her backup singer has also been very public about it. He did like an Instagram live. Uh, Krishan is like denying everything and saying that none of it happened, even though like most of it was filmed. Um, it's just a mess. And I just felt bad for Tamar. <laughs> I just wanted to say how much I love her. I see Krishan all over uh, Twitter with Blueface, I want to say. Mm -hmm. So that all just seems bad from what I can what I can gather. It is bad. It used to be just like some fun, like Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston kind of ratchet fun. But now there's a child involved and they use their child to fight. And it just seems really it seems like something really, really bad is going to happen. And we have like watched the signs, like it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, it just kind of scares me now that there's a baby. Maybe a, on a lighter note, um, can we talk about Enrique Iglesias? <laughs> yes, yes. If you guys haven't been on TikTok and heard Enrique at his shows lately, you're lucky, you're blessed, <laughs> because I am being <laughs> just like overloaded on my for you page of every angle of Enrique singing like I can be on yeah. oh my god and there's like multiple videos multiple angles like he just he sounds like he does not want to sing these songs anymore and he doesn't give a fuck how they sound coming out of his mouth and there's also a moment where he just humps the floor yeah Enrique, what is going on? 
Somebody in the comments on one of the videos said he's been wearing this outfit since 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and he really literally has. Like, if you look at the video, it's like, wow, he has just been wearing that same hat from fucking, I don't even, from the mall since the early 2000s. Poor Enrique. Yeah, honestly, poor Pitbull and Ricky Martin for having to perform with him every night. Listen, he never claimed to be a good singer. <laughs> he just claimed to be a sex icon. That's true. Like, he just claimed to, like, look good and be sexy. He even went on, like, a 10-year, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, like, talk, interview cycle talking about how small his penis is. He's <laughs> He's pretty honest about what he's not good at. And yeah, who's ever gone to an Enrico show being like, I can't wait to hear the voice. I think, unfortunately, I would really want that. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of a lot of his songs. I blame it for turning 21 when like the ping pong song was big. What's your favorite <laughs> Enrique song? My favorite Enrique song, Escape. Oh, so good. He's great. He's some hits, man. He does. Even his songs with Pitbull, like, um, I like it. Oh, my God. Yes. I played that song until I couldn't hear it anymore. I love Don't Turn Off the Lights. Oh. Don't. It's so. And I love at the end when he goes, don't turn off the lights. <laughs> well, unfortunately, if they come to New York, I think we have to go. <laughs> I'd love to, honestly. I would just get, like, so fucked up. It would be very fun and very silly. For sure. It would feel like we were working in like a buckle. <laughs> oh. Um, we obviously just really wanted to really, really quickly mention the fact that Kiki Palmer's mom sort of accidentally outed Usher to like the locals. So the locals have discovered that Usher is like allegedly bisexual and they can't handle it. They are, if you look it up on TikTok, people are really losing their fucking minds over it. And it goes back to all the blind items of why celebrities can't come out. Exactly. Because you guys are all trying to kick him right the fuck back into the closet that he never even came out of. Because God forbid a black man is bisexual or gay. And God forbid a sex, somebody that you found sexually attractive is gay. For whatever reason, people think, especially, and listen, I'm just going to be honest, especially like people in the black community, if we have a heartthrob, especially like a male heartthrob, an R&B heartthrob, the girls just can't take it if he likes to suck dick. They just can't handle it. It's so funny. And what's funny, I don't know if it's because I'm gay, but whenever there's like a sex symbol, like an usher or like a prince or someone like that, mm -hmm. I always assume that they're fluid. And that's mm -hmm. why they're a sex symbol because everybody wants to fuck them. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. Hello. You guys would have such a better experience if you thought that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very lightly, I just wanted to talk about the Taylor Swift concert in Brazil. Um, I'm sure a lot more is going to come out by next week. So I, I didn't want to do like a true deep dive, but I obviously wanted to talk about it. So Taylor Swift with it was in Rio. She's performing tonight too. That's why she's not going to the Kelsey bowl, but, um, basically Friday happened and they're having a heat wave and people weren't allowed to bring water into the stadium, into the venue. And, People didn't, I guess there you can like bring water into venues. You can't do that in the United States though. And it's also all general admission. There were no seats. It's all standing. And it got up to 120 degrees Fahrenheit inside the stadium. So one thing that we're not sure if it was Taylor's team or the venue. So that's kind of what I mean by more will come out next week. Basically, we don't know, but there were literal metal grates put down on the ground of the stadium and then around the stadium so people outside couldn't look in. So that made it even hotter. Oh my God. During the show, um, a fan passed away. And what Taylor said before or after the show is that we lost a fan tonight before the show. She passed away, second song in. She died during cruel summer actually 
Taylor, that's the only statement she's made. And a lot of people are saying, you know, she should make a bigger statement. She should give money to the family because the family doesn't have money. And I do agree with that. I'm shocked Taylor didn't make a statement, but what she did do was sing Bigger Than the Whole Sky, which is a really sad song about losing someone. And she also allegedly sang Anna, the fan's favorite song from Reputation, which was Dancing With Our Hands Tied. She still hasn't made like a formal statement about it. And I don't think she really will until blame can't be placed on her and her team. She's probably being told not to. Exactly. And I know that I love Taylor Swift and I know, but I can also see that if she wasn't making a statement, I'd be like, what the fuck? But I do think it's legalities. Well, it's completely against her character too, which is right. like, it's like a legality thing. And also on Friday night, like when she kind of realized the water situation, she started having her team go into the crowd and hand out water bottles. She was handing water bottles from the stage. Like there was a point where she was like 15 rows back. They need water. Bring them water. So throughout the uh, concert, she was trying to say like who looked like they needed water. But obviously it's a huge stadium. You can't get to everyone. This may be a really dumb question, but why wasn't there like AC in the stadium? I guess because it's an outdoor stadium. Oh, so it was like one of those outdoor indoor situations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I'm yeah. like, like a dome or something. And we got a few DMs about it. And one of the people who was DMing me was actually at the show. And I kind of asked, like, did it seem like it was more Taylor's team? Did it seem? And that doesn't seem to be known right now. Wow. Um. She did reschedule her show from Saturday night to tonight to try and like beat the heat wave. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just sounds like it was really bad. It sounds like Taylor's team did try and do try to help as much as they can. But yeah. I don't think we're going to know what happened there for a few more days because it's not like an Astro World situation, you know? And I could see her after she's like allowed or told that she's allowed to say something or do something doing like a really big gesture it's just like not in her character to like not um say anything or do anything about it especially because this does affect her directly yeah wow that's really sad it's just like so sad oh how old was the person that passed away 23 oh god and they said more than like 1500 people collapsed during the show because of dehydration and heat i mean even if you watch some of the clips from friday night like Taylor's like bright red and she's trying to catch her breath multiple times. So, you know, she's not one to cancel or postpone shows really ever. So in my opinion, I'm like, that's how you know how bad it was. That is my like legit. That's my hell on earth. For sure. For real. And people were posting pictures because obviously you're standing, you want to sit, but you're sitting on these metal grates. People have third degree burns on their legs from that. Like, I can't imagine how bad it was. And I, I'll give like, if there's another update next week, I'm, I'll definitely give it. But I do think that this is going to be a lot of finger pointing from every direction. And I'm not trying to say Taylor's com- team is completely innocent because we don't know yet. Right, right. Oh, that's so sad. It's just like, sad. it's a sad thing when you find out that like a tragedy happened at like a big concert like that, because you know like your thought process going somewhere like that is like you know you just know like she was like a a young girl that's like super excited and like oh it's just horrible shit I had I honestly I had heard about it but I didn't know that it was like that intense yeah and again I do think that we will see a lot more stories coming out after tonight because tonight's her last show in Brazil yeah just so you all know TMZ again the case has officially been dismissed against Cassie and or for Diddy and Cassie. Good, good. I'm so happy. He's wow. not going to be able to come back from this, I don't think. No, it's over. It's over for him. It's it's actually finally done. And the nerve of him to think that like he could release an album. <laughs> Girl, brother love. Keep so it. So crazy. But yeah, that was a little pop culture kiki update. This was a this was a heavy week. This was an intense week for pop culture. For sure. Very, very heavy, very intense. But guess what? It's Thanksgiving. Troy, what's one thing you're thankful for for 2023? 
Oh. Um, I am thankful. I don't want to be cliche. So I'm trying to seem like not like super cliche. I say it. I'm thankful for the people that listen to this show. I'm thankful for the fact that like our little side project has like turned into like this child that we both have now together. And it feels like the stuff that we say is making some kind of like positive difference. And like, that's really cool. Like, I'm thankful that I, I know that this sounds fucked up, but like, I'm thankful going into 2024 that, that everybody knows about Diddy. Yeah, I would say I'm thankful for the same thing. Like, you know, you guys have turned into something that was a hobby for so long to be a full-time job. And, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful that people listen and out of professional people that I have a girlfriend. Yes. And that she's like really cool. She's nice. She's nice. I'm also thankful. I will say that I'm very thankful for um the 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 turnout at all of our live shows so far and how cool people have been and the vibe. Like I'm very thankful that we have created like a vibe at our live shows that is like I'm proud of. And I'll say we got a lot of people who said they went there alone and left with friends. And we're not just joking. Like Yeah. People are very welcoming at our shows and you're right. That is, we're really lucky to have that. Cause I know what we talk about is intense and even sometimes the comments can be really intense, Mm -hmm. but overall it's such a positive experience. Yeah. And our listeners tip the bartenders like fucking crazy. It's always like a positive experience for the the location too, which is nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're just very thankful for you guys. And we do have a um, drafted schedule for next year. So be on the lookout for that stuff. And thank you very, very much for listening to this episode. I, we both hope that your holidays are like going well, not too much drama. Your drunk uncle isn't offending you too much. You know what I mean? I really, really hope that at least you have this to listen to to get you through it if it's, if it's tough. And guess what? If your uncle starts acting up, just let him know about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. Cut them where it hurts. But we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.